0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Queering the Air here on 3CR, uh, Melbourne's independent community radio station. I'm Jacob Gamble, and I'm going to be taking you through the next hour here. Um, And before I begin, I want to start by acknowledging that we are broadcasting today on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and I want to pay my respects to elders past and present, uh, and acknowledge the continuing effects of colonization. Um, It has an enduring impact, and I also want to extend that respect to any queer and trans brother boys, sister girls, um, and anyone else who falls under that umbrella, and acknowledge all of the amazing work. Um, that members of the community are doing. So, thanks for tuning in today. We've got a very fun, exciting show. Um, I've been working quite hard, piecing together quite a lot of uh, perspectives from things that have been happening around NAM. We'll be speaking with Aurelia St. Clair, who is a queer comedian, writer, podcaster, and pop culture connoisseur. So, I'm very much looking forward to having a live chat. Um, she's very well known for her TikToks and her Instagram Reels. If you are on those social media platforms, um, and then lastly, we've got a bit of a raunchy segment. So if you're with kids, probably tune out. <laughs> um, but it's we're speaking with Joshua Badge, who is a queer non-binary writer um, and commentator, all about a piece they wrote about the queer tradition of cruising. So I certainly learned a lot having this conversation. So I hope you do as well. And that one's coming up for you at around 3.45. So thanks for joining us once again. We'll be right back after this community service announcement.
1: Luciano and Georgia Keats, supported by the Australian Queer Archive, present Queer Ways, Retracing Melbourne's Queer Footprint. Queerways is a community art project that maps the queer history of Melbourne, combining our community's stories and voices, past and present, into a permanent, interactive record of being queer in Melbourne. Visit www.queerways.melbourne now to record your story in queer history and explore our city's untold history. Queerways, a
0: 3CR supporter. You're on 3CR, Queering the Air, joined by myself, Jacob. And now we're going to turn the dial of it and have a chat with Aurelia St. Clair, who is a queer comedian, writer, podcaster, and pop culture connoisseur. And you may have seen her TikToks or Instagram reels where she provides... Uh, what I would say is some critical commentary on the inner workings of NAM. She's also got a show coming up called I Said What I Said. So joining us now is Aurelia. Welcome to the show. Hey,
2: Jacob. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for coming on. Uh, now, you are very well known for your NAM specific content, um, in particular, those videos you made where you rate particular suburbs. Um, So I want to know, where do you find inspiration for your content?
2: I have lived in Melbourne for a few years now and moved around a lot. And um, one day I made this random TikTok using this filter and just commented on how it made me look like I was from the inner north. More specifically, I think, (laughs) Fitzroy. And from there, I just kind of started doing a whole bunch of other suburbs that I sort of lived in or worked in or spent a bunch of time in. And my inspiration just sort of comes from my experiences being in those places.
0: Mm, there's certainly plenty of meme worthy uh content happening in those streets. What would you say are some of the, uh the most notable suburbs that you've lived in?
2: I'd definitely say they're all north of the river. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I lived in Fitzroy for just a bit over two years, and that was definitely a fun experience and uh, probably one of the more notable and roastable suburbs, along with Brunswick, of course. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I reckon Preston is up there, too.
0: Mm, mm. I think um, Roastable and Notable is a really fantastic description uh, of Fitzroy and Brunswick. Um, But you're not just a content creator, you're also a comedian, um, which I think is fantastic. How did you start out in comedy and what have been some of the highlights so far?
2: Yeah, I've been doing comedy for a few years now. I started in 2017 just doing lots of open mics. You can still catch me at open mics throughout Melbourne um, from time to time. Highlights definitely include doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival. This year was my fourth year doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival and my best for sure because I got to perform at the upfront uh, comedy sort of gala which highlights women and non-binary comedians at Melbourne Town Hall. Um, So, yeah, that was definitely a highlight, but, you know, every gig has its its own little um, ups and downs and, yeah. Mm,
0: mm. And um, so you said you've been in the the Melbourne uh, Comedy Festival shows. What do you normally speak about when you're on stage?
2: I mean, my material kind of draws on my experiences in my life, you know, whether that's work, relationships love living situations and housemates um and those are just some of the sort of themes i touch on i guess kind of similar to what you see in my online content but more fleshed out because i have more than 15 seconds
0: Mm -hmm. more than (laughs) just um the the quick glimpse of um the very attention span short uh, (laughs) audience um Cool. And you, you also have a podcast called Non-Dairy Presenting, um, which is one of one word that I stumbled across when I was um, going through your feed. Another word, North Fishing. Would you kind of define um, North Fishing and, and Non-Dairy Presenting for us?
2: Of course. North Fishing, uh, my favourite word I've come up with this year. Um, maybe I haven't come up with it, but... I'm claiming it right now. (laughs) I reckon (laughs) we all know a north fisher. I feel like Melbourne has this sort of famous north-south divide. And while I'm definitely somebody who has no problem crossing the river as someone who lives in Richmond, um, Mm. I feel like north fishing is just the act of, of pretending to be more poor than you are, of being more artsy than you are, and of jumping on uh, trends for the sake of jumping on trends, even though they're maybe not yours to claim, sort of vibe.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we all know someone who dresses up um, like they're poor, but we all know there's a very large bank account behind that outfit. Um, <laughs> And non-dairy presenting as well. So, you actually have a podcast um, entitled Non-Dairy Presenting. So, maybe define non-dairy presenting and then tell us about this podcast.
2: Yeah. So, I feel like non-dairy presenting, I wanted to use a term for the podcast that was maybe a little bit more broad and not just people in Melbourne could relate to it because non-dairy presenting is sort of started on TikTok, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, non-dairy presenting is queer. <laughs> um, it's living a sort of uh, maybe alternative um, life since you're already drinking alternative milk. Um, <laughs> someone who's non-dairy presenting definitely sort of ha- has their fingers on the pulse when it comes to social issues and might appear woke to non to dairy-presenting people, even though, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they're probably not that work. Um, And, yeah, those are sort of some of the things that spring to mind when I think non-dairy-presenting. And, yeah, the podcast is essentially just me having uh, a kiki for half an hour-ish, and I just discuss things that have been on my mind.
0: Mm, I'm sure there's plenty on your mind just based on what you're putting out on social media. So exciting to unpack that in a, a full half an hour, more than just a 15-second video. And you've also got a show coming up called I Said What I Said, which I think is a very powerful name. What can we expect from this upcoming show? Yes, I Said What
2: I Said is actually the show I did in the comedy festival this year. I'm just bringing it back because as life goes with the pandemic we're still in, a lot of folks couldn't come um, for various reasons and I wanted to kind of um, run the show again because it was so fun. What to expect from the show? Uh, if you like my online content, I feel like you're definitely going to like the show. There's some audience interaction, but you don't have to speak. Um, I quip about life in Melbourne, in the north and talk about... Um, you know, being, being queer and coming out and that sort of thing.
0: Wonderful. Well, I will definitely be getting myself a ticket. Do you want to give us the full plug about where we can go, um, to go along and see you?
2: Yes, please. Um, there's still tickets available. You can grab them from comedyrepublic.com.au, which is also the venue where the show is on as part of the replay festival. Um, The show is on the 13th of July at 6.30pm, again, at Comedy Republic and just head to their website to buy a ticket.
0: Amazing. And do you have any other shows or upcoming gigs that you want to tell us about while we've got you on air?
2: Um, I don't at the moment. I might do a show in the Melbourne Fringe, so stay tuned for that. But otherwise, um, non-dairy presenting is where it's at.
0: Fantastic. Well, before we let you go, um, I did really love watching your Melbourne suburb descriptions, but I myself am a Richmond local, which I think you said you're from Richmond as well. Um, and I couldn't find one from Richmond. So I don't know if I just don't have, um, you know, the right eye to to look through these archives of videos you have, or if you just haven't done one yet. But either way, could you maybe um, give us a special treat and give us a little description of Richmond?
2: Absolutely, I do think I made that video, but it was so long ago, and there's so many of them, so it must have gotten lost. Mm. Um, To me, Richmond is giving the Switzerland of Melbourne. You know, people (laughs) are always hating on you when you say you live in Richmond because they have all these negative connotations in their mind. But really, Richmond is giving you the highs and lows. You have good coffee, and you have you know, people who have designer dogs, you have people who have a dog that doesn't even look like it's a dog, Um, all sharing the same dog park. Um, You'll find your soccer mom cars who can't indicate and the street over uh, just a car that has low-key been abandoned. You're kind of taking a look to see if it's going to be possessed. Mm. And if you are in the Richmond um, neighborhood, facebook group you'll know that every single day somebody is complaining about something because that's what we love to do but would we move probably not
0: (laughs) no probably not it's it's too convenient it's it's too close to everything um do would you also say as well that sometimes the trams are just absolutely plagued with um sports fans going to the mcg is that an experience you've had
2: um I live in the corner of Richmond that's close to Hector's Deli.
0: Uh.
2: Um, so I don't really get those trams, thank God, mm-hmm. but, oh, Hunt Road, mm, don't mm. get me started.
0: Mm, be, be grateful <laughs> you live on the correct side i would say <laughs> um, but i love that description aurelia thank you so much for coming on today and sharing a bit of your um, comedy and your insights into melbourne and best of luck with the show
2: thank you so much for having me again and um please come to the show love to see you there
0: thank you enjoy the rest of your sunday you too bye So that was Aurelia St. Clair, who is a queer comedian, writer, podcaster, um, a bit of everything, I believe. And if you want to know more uh, about Aurelia, you can follow her at aurelia.com on Instagram. Um, I believe she also has TikTok, but I do not dabble uh, in that app. So go investigate for yourselves. Um, You're on 3CRs, Queering the Air. The time is around 340 40 and we will be right back after this community service announcement. Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical community-owned media during our Radiothon.
2: We'll be taking donations online, over the phone and in the station to help keep 3CR going for another year.
0: Independent community media is vital and we need your support to keep community strong. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au, call the station on 03 8377
2: or drop in at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during business hours.
0: 3CR. Keep, keep community, community strong.
2: strong.
0: You're on 3CR, Cring the Air, joined by Jacob. Um, And yeah, just a reminder, if you want to support local community-owned media, you can still donate to the station. Uh, June, which is our month of Radiothon, may be over, um, but we're always collecting funds year-round. So head to our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and chuck us some coins if you have the means. Uh, Now, just a quick warning before we kick off this next section. Um, This session is gonna contain a lot of mentions um, of public sex, in particular queer public sex. So if you are joined by people under the age of 18, um, maybe tune back in at four o'clock for Salam Radio Show if you're my mom listening right now as well, I don't know how comfortable you are um, talking about this topic, um, but you've had your warning. So to kick us off, Joshua Badge is a queer writer and philosopher living on Wurundjeri land in Melbourne, Australia. And they recently published a piece called In the Garden of Earthly Delights, The Queer Tradition of Cruising, where they reflected on their experiences of cruising and the history of this sexual culture and where it stands in mainstream society today. You recently published a piece uh, a couple of months ago called In the Garden of Earthly Delights, the Queer Tradition of Cruising, which explores a very long queer tradition. Now, full disclosure, I've never really dabbled in this type of tradition, so I'm wondering, can you introduce us? What is cruising and how does it work?
1: Um, I would love to. Uh, So, uh, cruising is the practice of uh, looking for sex or um, casual, often but not necessarily anonymous, uh, partners in public spaces. Um, So, uh, places like um, parks, uh, public lavatories, uh, roadside stops, bridge underpasses... um, uh, Uh, you know the the list goes on Um, uh, many different kind of locations Um, and there is a kind of uh, uh, often nonverbal language um, that uh, exists uh, in these spaces to communicate uh, interest and availability in very um, very explicit but very subtle ways Uh, so um, particular kinds of uh, gesture, movement, um, eye contact is the main thing, there, there is a, um, you know, the look, uh, this very um, cool, uh, you know, maybe a little bit steely but quite intimate uh, gaze um, that is shared in these spaces that's very different to uh, how we might usually uh, interact with people. Um, so, you know, cruising, um, uh, the term is this kind of metaphor of, uh, kind of sauntering about very casually, um, looking for fun as it were. Um, and so there are these, uh, spaces which are usually passed, um, you know, the knowledge of which is passed between people, uh, orally, no pun intended, um. (laughs) Uh, You know, so there are very well-established beats in Melbourne, for example, that have been around for decades Um, and, you know, there are others that are popping up all the time. Um, But it's also possible to cruise in um, other spaces, you know, saunas um, or uh, sex-on-premises venues, um, you know, clubs with dark rooms, um, as well as just casually in people's everyday lives. You know, you can cruise anywhere.
0: And you reflected on quite an intimate experience you had with an older man in this piece. What is your experience of cruising been, and particularly during the last couple of years when we've been in this pandemic?
1: Um, What a delicious question. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, I guess one of the reasons why I wrote the piece um, when I did um, was because um, in my experience and in all of the conversations I was having with other cruisers um, who I knew, um, we it was all um, very apparent to us that there was this kind of Uh, cruising renaissance happening around us. Uh, You know, the Beats had never been as busy before. And I was even speaking to, um, you know, my intergenerational queer friends um, and talking about how, you know, this felt like some kind of um, resurgence of like a really sexually liberated culture that we hadn't really seen since before the uh, HIV-AIDS crisis. Um, You know, people... Confidently having the kind of sex that they wanted to have in a de-stigmatized, liberated way, uh, all the time around us, and it was really exciting and really wonderful. Um, So you know, my experience, uh, particularly uh, during the last two years, is that um, you know, for different reasons than beats um, have traditionally existed. you know, rather than exclusion from society necessarily, um, beats became busy because uh, you know the commercial venues were closed, or because you know um, you know people had housemates and or and or couldn't invite people over anymore because of uh, various you know rules, um, and so they needed to express their very natural human desires uh, in other venues, which happened to be uh, you know public outdoor beats a lot of the time. Um, so, uh, in you know, I guess in short, my, my experience has been very positive um, and uh, I think most people's experiences have been very busy the last two years. I sauntered down the nude beach, white trainers in hand, buoyed by the confessional freedom that comes with public nakedness. Older patrons sported picturesque straw hats and haphazardly flipped through novels with practiced nonchalance. Young day trippers chatted, their conversations punctuated by occasional laughter, skin glistening in the light.
0: Wow, this is. Certainly a really fascinating outcome of the the lockdown. I don't think Daniel Andrews really would have predicted this to have happened, (laughs) Um, but I'm glad it did. And you mentioned before that there's kind of been a historical renaissance. So Mm. we know that cruising's been around for a good few years now. Mm. What do we know about how this culture existed in the past?
1: Yeah, I mean... (sighs) We know a bit, um, uh, mostly through things like the kind of laws that get passed and um, police records and um, through the diaries of queer people that they recorded. But there's also a lot that we don't know because it's not a written tradition. It's uh, an embodied tradition, um, the knowledge of which is passed through communities, like I said, orally, um, and often kept on the down low because the whole purpose of the practice is to avoid the authorities. So we, you know, we, we know, for example, um, that if we look to England, that cruising has been happening since at least the 1400s, um, around the time that sodomy is first criminalised and people who were engaging in same-sex sexual practices um, could not express those desires or or, or um, live that kind of life very openly. And so you get um, cottages and cruising grounds cropping up in England all over the place. Um, and they, they looked and functioned, more or less exactly like they do now. Um, uh, And, you know, we we know that, um, you know, uh, they existed very similarly in other places. So if you uh, are familiar with the um, artist Tom of Finland, for example, it's like, you know, the kind of beats that that artist was going to in Finland were very similar, um, but several hundred years later. Um, So there's this really wonderful uh, continuity um, across different uh, geographies, and also like this kind of through line through time. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I've always really appreciated about cruising is that it's um, a kind of uh, participation in a living tradition that is particularly queer. Like it's something that we invented for ourselves um, that expresses a different vision of what a good life looks like.
0: Mm, And it's interesting now that even though queer and trans rights have come such a long way and we're able to be so much more visible than we were in the past that we're still kind of partaking in these these acts of public sex that Um, really go against the boundaries of what sex and sexuality looks like in a heterosexual society. How do you think mainstream society interprets queer public sex and queer intimacy in general?
1: Um, This is a great question. I I think I have maybe a bit of a spicy answer to it. So I think that mainstream society probably interprets queer public sex and intimacy uh, in general um, as a threat um and i think that gets expressed in a few different ways um so you know if we're talking about public sex public sex in victoria is unlawful you know it's um not permitted under uh, various legal codes um and so it exists uh, in tension with the policing of these spaces by victoria police who to this day still quite regularly raid beats um And then if we think about, you know, queer intimacy in a more general sense, um, I think that this is kind of the thing that gets swept under the rug. So, you know, if we think about the modern, quote-unquote, gay rights movement and the kind of things that it cares about, you know, it cares about, um, you know, uh, gay marriage, you know, a a property contract for middle-class gays to, you know, solidify their relationship in the eyes of the heterosexual majority. Not so much about, you know queer forms of intimacy, which tend to take, you know, the the backseat. You know, the, the slogan was like, you know, love is love. And they certainly didn't mean like a, a you know, <laughs> a, you know a queer lib version of what love looked like. It was a very sanitised uh, version of what queer intimacy um, can look like. Um, and I guess what I want to say to that is that uh, I think that impression is kind of right. I think that queer intimacy and I think that cruising is a threat in the sense that it is a challenge to cisgender, heterosexual, like sexuality and culture and to prevailing norms Um, because in in doing this, in meeting each other in these ways and in looking after each other in these ways, we're saying that we reject mainstream cishet culture and that we can live a different kind of life. And, you know, that is threatening to the majority and that is threatening to the prevailing norms. His slim yet defined frame suggested that he was a swimmer or someone who worked with his hands. Though it was not his physical features that attracted me, but his magnetic smile, playful and somehow cocksure. Our eyes locked, and I found that I couldn't look away. Without the sensation of emotion, we arrived face-to-face. Hey, I nodded. Hey, he said. A touch of
0: gravel to the timber of his voice. something that really interested me in this piece is the way you described cruising as an unbinding intercourse from the private sphere and from state control over reproduction. Could you unpack that some more? Is cruising an act of resistance against state oppression? I mean, absolutely, I think it is. And this is, you know, you kind of
1: talked about it as an exhilarating practice. And I think that um, not to be too much of a Foucaultian nerd about it, you know, obviously, like, um, soliciting sex in public spaces is is an exciting thing to do. Um, But personally, what really gets me going is this active anti-state resistance. Uh, that's you know, the like, real turn-on, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's, let's smash the state um, and each other at the same time. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, th- um, I, I, you know, this is kind of thinking about the Foucaultian concept of biopower. So this idea that states exert control over reproduction because that's how states ensure their existence in perpetuity, you know, A state needs workers, it needs soldiers, it needs bureaucrats to keep it functioning. So as an entity, um, it takes a very, uh, you know, um, uh, very large interest in sex and reproduction. And it tries to manage these things in all kinds of ways. And, you know, so it tries to manage these through marriage, for example, um, but also through the kinds of norms that it creates, through the laws that it it enforces. And so what I'm talking about here is this idea that the um, only permissible, um, the only safe, um, the only correct type of sex is the one that occurs uh, in the home, in the bed, uh, usually um, in monogamous relationships, uh, which are kind of based on this model of marriage, um, you know, which is all bound up in um, ensuring, um, you know, uh, property inheritance um, and uh, ensuring that, um, you know, traditionally the only um, correct type of sex is procreative so that, you know, you're constantly generating more worker bees for the state to, uh, you know, capitalise on. Um, and so, rejecting, you know, rejecting all of this um, by, uh, you know, engaging in uh, public sex is, you know, saying that that's not, (laughs) you know, that's not the system that we want to live under, you know. We don't want to just be worker bees. We don't want to um, hide away um, our uh, sexual proclivities in the private sphere. They're not things to be ashamed of. And I think this kind of speaks to a... um, a broader queer ethic about our relationship to sex as being integrated into our everyday lives. You know, it's not something that is bracketed away to, you know, the twilight hours of the evening or, um, you know, something that we're ashamed to speak about, but it's a very normal things that, you know, humans engage in that we should just speak very plainly about and be, you know, not worried about you know as long as everyone is consenting and having a good time who cares (laughs) we have always looked for one another held each other in the dark and through our actions declared that we deserve to feel joy in a ritual surrender to pleasure we integrate sex into our everyday lives and reject the essentialism that it places humans above nature and other animals.
0: That was Joshua Badge reading out their piece In the Garden of Earthly Delights, the queer tradition of cruising. And if you're interested in reading more of their work, you can follow them on Twitter at Joshua Badge, uh, same username for Instagram, I believe. We'll also be popping that full article in our show notes on the website, 3cr.org.au forward slash queeringtheair. Uh, we can also access the full podcast from today's show if you want to re-listen to any of the pieces, uh, or perhaps you missed some of the start and you want to check out uh, what we were talking about earlier on. That brings us to the end of our show today. I hope all of your Saturday hangovers have subsided and that everyone's gearing up for an amazing week ahead. Thank you so much for joining us today on Queering the Air. My name is Jacob Gamble and up next is Salaam Radio Show and you're on 3CR Community Radio.